deep within the heart of every human being is a desire to live and to live a very full life. In fact, that's what we saw at the very uh, end of this gospel reading. Jesus says, I came into the world so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. All right, again, this is a desire that we all have. However, some people, in seeking to have a full life, uh, perhaps seeking some type of adrenaline rush or some experience, some uh, exciting experience, they actually might wind up engaging in behaviors that are dangerous or risky. All right, a lot of people, unfortunately, uh, they get involved in parties, perhaps even drugs, because of that desire to live, to do something exciting. And this winds up, especially if there's an addiction involved, winds up actually giving them much less. It makes their life very difficult, very sad, very challenging. Well, the reason is because uh, something within them has just gotten a little bit off, okay? First of all, all of our desires, okay, uh, are from the Father, all right? That's, in fact, what the word desire means. If you were to break that word down into its parts, into its roots, it means from the Father, all right? God the Father has placed within us a deep yearning to live life to the full, but because of sin, because of original sin, because of our own personal sin, that desire becomes disordered. All right? Becomes disordered. It's no longer some of our yearnings, some of our hungers, no longer point us at those deep purposes. All right? And this word disordered, it's become a bit controversial in the church. Uh, so I want to explain it just a little bit. And what it means to have a disordered desire, all it means is that the yearning, okay, the want, no longer points us towards some of these deep purposes. A good example uh, might be food. All right, God has actually placed a desire for food within us so that we can lead a happy and healthy life. All right, of course, if we don't eat, then we're not going to live for very long. And yet many people experience perhaps a disordered desire for food. They eat things, they desire things that aren't exactly healthy, that don't lead to a healthy and full life. They provide temporary comfort, but the deeper purpose of food, which is health and longevity, they're not attained. They lead to an unhealthy and perhaps even difficult life. Now, this word also perhaps takes on some controversy within the context of sexuality. And I know some people are uncomfortable uh, hearing about this topic in church, but again, uh, because there's so much confusion over what this word means, uh, I think we need to address it a little bit. And again, sexual desire, it's something that God has put within us. Because he wants more humans, and he also wants, to wants us to experience a very deep love, a very deep experience of love. And so the purpose is 
to experience a love so strong that it creates life and strengthens a lifelong and exclusive bond, which we call marriage. And human beings experience a tremendous amount of disordered attractions here. All right, look around the culture in which we live. You know, of course, some people would focus perhaps on the procreative aspect end, uh, but I think it's also helpful to think about disorder with regards to that second part, that marriage is, uh, that the purpose of sexuality is to strengthen a lifelong and exclusive bond. All right? Many of the things that the world, you know, through movies, television, music, things like that, many of the things that it teaches us to want, they're not pointed towards strengthening a lifelong bond. They're pointed towards perhaps uh, selfishness, okay? Temporary selfishness, a thrill perhaps. All right, we're taught to yearn for things and to want things that no longer fulfills the purpose. Again, something that God gave us to be an experience of life-giving love and union actually winds up in many cases isolating people, making people very lonely, especially people who struggle with promiscuity, uh, deal with a lot of loneliness and isolation in their life as well. So again, something, something got disordered there. Something no longer pointed them to the purpose. All right. Jesus came into the world to fulfill a deep desire that we have. And again, every person has this buried deep down within them somewhere. At the end of the gospel reading, Jesus proclaims why he came into the world. He says, I came so that the people of God might have life and have it more abundantly. And I want everyone to know that that is personal. All right, Jesus came into the world so that you can experience the fullness of life. He came into the world to help you fulfill the deepest desires of your heart, which is eternal life. Jesus came into the world to save us from all of this disorder, all of the disordered ways that we seek fulfillment. And he did so, it's pretty clear in the gospel, uh, one way in which he did this was by revealing his will to us uh, through words. All right, we see in this gospel reading uh, several times that word voice. Okay, the sheep, the people, recognize the voice of the shepherd. It says that the sheep follow him because they recognize that voice. And that's very important. All right, being a disciple of Jesus, more than anything else, means that we trust in his word. We hear his voice, we listen to his voice, and we obey. Even when it sometimes conflicts with our own wants, okay? Going back to the analogy of food, is Jesus going to change you so that you desire vegetables and so that you crave vegetables as much as you desire cheesecake? 
He might. He might. But probably not. What God wants is for you to trust. To trust what people say that broccoli, that vegetables, are more likely to fulfill your deep desire for food than some of these other things that we might want to consume. All right, is Jesus going to change all of our other desires, all other types of desires? Maybe, but likely not. What God wants for us, in the context of marriage again, is to trust that his plan is more fulfilling, actually is more fulfilling than some of the other things we might want to do. You might always carry around with you some type of disordered desire. That might be something that never leaves. You might always carry around with you some type of disordered desire. But you can still say yes to God's plan and trust that he's leading you towards a deeper way of life. Just like we prayed through song in the Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I shall want. Again, the Lord fulfills some of these deeper desires. Uh, there's another way in which we sing it sometimes. Um, shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, from death into life. All right, The Lord shepherds us beyond some of these immediate wants that we have and helps us focus on perhaps some fulfillment that's longer term. Okay, Fulfills us in a much deeper way. We need the Lord to shepherd us into those things. It's true. That trusting in God and following his will and obeying his voice, it might cause you some suffering. All right, Peter actually talked about this a little bit in the second reading. He lifts up Jesus as a model. Okay, He's addressing Christians here who are being insulted by their friends and family. How can you believe this Jesus of Nazareth? All right, they're being insulted. They're suffering in their lives because of this. And he lifts up Jesus as a model and says, when he was insulted, he returned no insult. When he suffered, he did not threaten. Instead, he handed himself over to the one who judges justly. All right, when we're insulted, we might have some want well up within us to lead us to seek revenge. Well, that, too, is a disordered desire. The Lord reveals through the prophet Ezekiel what, the, what our true desire should be. He says God does not will, he does not desire the death of the sinner, but their conversion so that they can live. All right, a desire for revenge, that, too, is disordered. And Jesus asks us to trust in him and follow his will. Not to seek revenge, but to pray for those who persecute us. And yes, this can cause some suffering. But Peter also says, if you're patient when you suffer for doing what is good, that this is a grace before God. Again, we see in the Gospels, God goes before us. He does not ask us to do anything 
that he himself has not done. And even though he experienced suffering, he also experienced the resurrection. Doing God's will, it might lead to certain disordered desires being unfulfilled. And that can cause some suffering within us. But the good news is that this will also lead towards these deeper desires being fulfilled. These deeper desires being met. We can experience in this life a very full and abundant life with the Lord by doing His will. And of course, we will also be brought into eternal life with Him in the fullness of time when all the deepest desires of our heart will finally be fulfilled forever.